0: Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Some more outtakes from Hobby Hotline a couple Saturdays ago. These comments are on trimming. It's something that needs to be talked about. It's always been there. My overarching theme is I want the grading companies to really get good so that crime does not pay. If you're deceptively trimming, you will get caught, and you've just taken a card that would have been a five that was Poorly centered, you trimmed it to try to make it a 7 or 8 if it's a vintage card. And because you trimmed it and they caught it, now it's a 3 or a 2 or a 1 or an A, authentic. So if that happens enough, then the trimmers will quit doing it. There's a lot more in this episode. Always encourage you to dig into Hobby Hotline on its own. It's on every Saturday and the first Tuesday of the month. Always fun rotating hosts. Encourage you to check that out directly. Thanks, sponsors, Top Spinini Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentications. Thanks. Outtakes on trimming.
1: Here it is. I would like a hobby coalition that would give the hobby a seat at the table with Fanatics and the PA. I would like a coalition that would have a voice in the direction of where the hobby's going. I just think up at the top, they're disconnected to the collector's heart. And sometimes they do things, sometimes they make mistakes, and there's no explanation of those mistakes. I would love an outlet where they would communicate to the hobby. But that already exists
0: in the sense that you have some social media influencers and content creators that have at least five and perhaps six-figure followings. When they speak, they should listen. When I was selling millions of magazines and i had an opinion yeah they wanted to know my opinion so that already exists victor in the sense there are hobby content creators and personalities that have a strong following
2: and their voice has more weight than we think is trimming wrong if a person trims for their own personal collection because it looks better with no intent to sell The idea of trimming a card is if you're taking advantage of somebody for financial gain is the way I look at it. This
0: problem goes away if every grading company was perfect at detecting trimming. If trimming is always detected by the card companies, trimming reduces the value of the card if it's caught, drastically reduces. It increases the value of the card if it's not caught and it needs to be caught. And I'm hopeful that new technologies and new awareness, that's why the Evan Mathis video was a good thing. Every grader should watch that and say, now I know some additional things to look for. What I tried to bring up with the BGS, my friends there, I'm not in charge anymore, but I still, my brain still works. (laughs) I threw out some ideas. And one of the ideas I put forth, and this really, I don't mind if all the grading companies look at it this way, but when a card comes in the front door to the grading company, you just immediately, you can know is there any chance this was trimmed? Or is there zero chance it was trimmed? If it's a 1989 common card or a semi star, it's so unlikely that'd be trimmed. But if it's a Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck 89 that's been micro shaved on one end to make it perfectly centered, almost imperceptible, it's only off by a millimeter. I want that to be caught. Okay. Any well-centered vintage card, you've got to check the edges. And I know they're doing that. And now Evan Mathis is pointing out how they can disguise the new edge cut by waxing it. And so again, you've got to look for that then. And I used to feel them. I'd go around the corner, I could feel it. And if one edge felt different from the others, it's rare that a card is trimmed on all four sides. It's usually trimmed on one side, possibly two sides. The other thing I would check, again, this is for all the grading companies, is 90-degree angles. I don't know how many people took trigonometry. I don't think it's even in the school anymore, but it's a study of angles. And if it's a 91-degree corner or an 89-degree corner, that's a red flag to me because cards are cut in perfect rectangles. When they all get caught, people will stop doing it, and not until.
2: Is one of the challenges the quality of printing presses from back in the fifties and sixties that they're forcing the grading companies to have some sort of tolerance in size
0: in most cases no regardless of the technology they all came out rectangles the diamond cut is like a shimmy on the sheet or something i think they're generally coming out in rectangles they could be out of register they could be off centered in that whole sheet being cut that way I think grading companies, for the most part, are catching them. A lot of what has been pointed out is possibly trimmed vintage cards from, we're talking about 30 years of grading. And so you've got tens of millions of cards being graded. And are there thousands of trimmed cards that have gotten through out of tens of millions? Yes. And a lot of that's in the past. And I hope the grading companies get better and better at detecting it.
2: When grading was starting, how much of this was on the radar compared to just the quality of the card versus others, Dr. Beckett?
0: It was always there. Before we even got started, we were talking, and our guys that started this were veteran hobbyists. They'd worked in card shops. They'd worked for me. They'd done a bunch of different things. And basically, when you just see a card that walks into your card shop, if you're a dealer, if it looks too good to be true... Certain vintage cards, especially if they walk in with one card, that's a red flag. Has anybody ever walked in with a near set of 52 tops? Not in penny sleeves. Just put them on the counter and stack them up. And you can see if one of them is even slightly perceptively shorter and then stack them on the end. Okay. The problem is, this is not always, it's very rare, but 55 Bowman are an exception to that. If you stack them up, you will see some size differences there. And they're not generally within series as much as they are the first, second, and third series were different situations. But if it looks too good to be true, if it's only one card, a red flag, if it's a whole bunch of cards, you have the comparison to the others. And if they're all trimmed, they're just not all deceptively trimmed. Many of the cards that came across my path in the 70s when I was buying collections, if they were trimmed, they weren't deceptively trimmed. There was somebody saying, hey, 52 tops are big, 52 Bowmans are just right. I'm going to make my 52 tops into 52 Bowman size. (laughs) I'm going to cut off all this stuff. And I actually found some cards like that more than once, a couple times. So that's stupid now, but it's a pox on our hobby, and we need to eradicate it.
2: Did uh, Becky keep any records on percentages of trim cards or altered cards that would or would not have been public?
0: I would say probably no, because I don't think it's something that could be scraped if I had access to the data, which I actually don't now. But if I did, you'd know over the months, like Ryan Stosinski does, he just looks at the POP report. But the companies know how many cards are submitted and how many cards make it into the POP report. And I'm not sure the rejected cards go into the POP report. Maybe they'll do, but if it's yeah. just sent back. So there'd be a way at that, but I don't think it'd be easy, especially historically. I think it's a small percentage, Danny. I don't think it's a big percentage. I believe there's going to be more and more AI and computer-assisted grading. Every grading company is dealing with this. It's bad mm-hmm. for your reputation. If things get through, then they send more to those same grading companies until you catch it. So my hope is the cooperation among grading companies. I wish they'd all put their heads together meet once a year, and talk about how to catch the bad guys. It's bad for all of them if one of them messes up. Yeah, when people start trimming cards. When people are scamming. It's a dynamic industry where the bad guys want to get in on it. The the equilibrium is keeping them in check. It's whack-a-mole. You can't completely eliminate them. But if there's good communication among the good guys,
2: then we can keep it in check. Otherwise, it's no fun to get burned. You don't have to necessarily buy trim cards to learn the lesson. You can certainly educate yourself.
0: Danny, it reminds me, most of the hobby content creators that we're talking about, and not necessarily in a bad light, but that can take abuses, they're almost always offense. They're always, you should buy this, you should buy that, go for it, all that stuff. And really, the content creators I like to listen to have a balance between offense and defense. The defense is how do you protect yourself? How do you not buy something? How do you just say no? How do you have deferred gratification? Because that's the secret of a long, sustainable hobby that you're really enjoying yourself. And this go for it, that's not balanced to me because things are not always going to be going up. And it's not always the right decision to pull the trigger and go for it.
2: I also think, and not to be corny, one of the great things about this hobby is people will answer questions. I've never talked to somebody in the hobby and asked a question on a card or a set or just something in general where I haven't had a good conversation and pretty much gotten a nice answer back. So don't be afraid to talk to people and your friends. And if you're going to the national, you got to talk to people and learn as much as you can. Dr. Beckett said, the more educated you are about stuff, the better decisions and the better regulating. Can I give one quick comment to Chris C? He said, SCR,
0: Sports Card Radio, are hypocrites. They're proud of being hypocrites. The etymology of the word hypocrite is somebody that like wears a mask of not being yourself. Those twins, those brothers have created personas that are, enough people are interested to hear some of the outrageous stuff. They delight in being hypocrites. And they would celebrate that and tune in to find out their latest hypocritical comment that they want to make. But through that, there is some good stuff in there packaged with a lot of hot sauce or whatever they're putting in there. Yeah, this hobby, we don't need to eliminate people. You just need to figure out, like Victor said, figure out who you want to follow, who you want to listen to. Free world, but don't just follow the
1: herd. Be careful who you listen to. Now, there's the thing. I need to be able to decipher or discern what is legit and what is BS. Okay, we got to use some good judgment there. And I can listen to SCR and there's some things that I don't agree with. And there's some things that, I can use and put in my knowledge arsenal. Same with any other content creator. We got to learn how to navigate through the sea of content that's out there because not everything is spot on.
0: And if you listen to a whole bunch of different voices, you're going to
1: develop some discernment.
2: Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with hearing something and then going to do more research on it. Be proactive in your education. just listen to people and assume it's true and that's on anything in life not just cards the man in the